Are you a teacher or student who's always wanted to learn more about CubeSats in the classroom? Then don't miss this opportunity. The inaugural SmallSat Education Conference will serve as an important East Coast gathering where educators, administrators, and students will learn about CubeSats, ThinSats, and high-altitude balloon programs. Our target audiences are faculty and students from middle school all the way through college. Presenters will include existing university teams and industry experts. Attendance is free for students and educators, and exhibitors and vendors are encouraged to showcase their products and services. To learn how to start your own program, join us on October 29th and 30th at the Center for Space Education Building at the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Center. Please visit the website for more information and to reserve a space. You can find that at smallsateducation.org. That's S-M-A-L-L-S-A-T education.org. Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, episode 72, From Columbia to Space. Today, Kevin and I meet with Sarah Alvarado, who is a current economics and industrial engineering undergrad working towards her master's in industrial engineering at the University of Central Florida. In addition to her school load, Sarah works at Universal Orlando Resort as an industrial engineer. Originally hailing from Columbia, Sarah's always dreamed big, but she knew that her options were limited in her home country. Thankfully, the United States has given her the career opportunities and the reach to empower many more to look up and imagine what could be. And she's even kickstarted her own passion by being the national chair of Students for the Exploration and Development of Space, otherwise known as SEDS. Now, SEDS is a student-run nonprofit that fosters the development of the interdisciplinary future leaders in space with close to 100 chapters nationwide. This year, Sarah has taken a total of 18 students with over half from minority-serving institutions to the Satellite and ISDC conferences in Washington, D.C., where they have presented, networked, and even gotten internships on the spot. Sarah sees her future job to be in space tourism, and she's particularly excited about helping many others become spectators of our blue dot. And of course, we hope that you'll stay tuned after the episode for our takeaways. Sarah Alvarado, thank you so much for meeting with us today. For our audience, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in space. Thank you. Uh, first, I want to thank you both for having me on this. Um, I've been interested in space since I was very young, but in my home country of Colombia, we don't have a space program. And I believe there's only one university that currently has aerospace engineering as a track that they offer. So for me, it was a pipe dream. Um, at some point along the way, my parents and I moved here, and then I thought, maybe it's possible. I started doing space-related projects in high school, but actually ended up studying economics as my undergrad, then moved over to industrial engineering because it's, it just really vibes with me. I felt that it really spoke to the idea of making things better, which I'm pretty good at. And at some point along the way, I started working at a theme park as an intern, where I actually currently work now as an industrial engineer during the day. During the night, I'm a grad student doing industrial engineering. 
And any time in between, probably when I should be sleeping, I am the chair of students for the exploration and development of space. So um, how I got involved with that is a long story, but it has to do with, with the economics degree that I got way back when. So, um, so students for the exploration and development of space. Now, are you at a, a national officer or do you do you run say the Florida chapters? What are you at the national level? Um, uh, could you explain the organization and where you fall into it, please? Yeah, of course. So I am the national chair. We have about a hundred chapters nationwide. We also have international chapters, India, UK, uh, Singapore, some Latin America, we're all over. Um, and we're entirely a student-run nonprofit that fosters the development of the future leaders of space. And what sets us apart is we are interdisciplinary. So space itself is interdisciplinary. Everything that you can think of that is needed for an infrastructure here on Earth that is needed for an economy. So we help students get experience in engineering, business, project management, art, design. I mean, anything, you name it. We're able to provide that diverse environment for them to really grow and sometimes make the job that doesn't exist yet, but, but be ready for it in the future. When you were talking about the theme park, of course, all I could think of was the the mouse ears. Is uh, would that be safe to say that there are those kind there are like those kind of jobs for those who are kids at heart that they can actually explore some of their their learning at uh, things like that? If you live around those, <laughs> that would that would be really cool, like a roller coaster in space. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? I think at some point we will ultimately get there. Um, space tourism is already starting as an economy and hopefully soon it'll be thriving in something that you can actually make money in. Um, but for the meantime, like I that work in, in tourism here on earth, I see myself in years and I might have to create my job. Fantastic. Uh, what made you choose uh, UCF? For our listeners, University of Central Florida produces the most engineers in the state of Florida, and they are heavily represented on the Space Coast. So a lot of UCF engineers do work at NASA and uh, uh, Cape Canaveral area. Is that your eventual aim? Uh, did, uh, why did you choose UCF, and is your eventual aim to work on the Space Coast? <laughs> Good question, yeah. I, I loved UCF. I actually, my undergrad at USF, at the University of South Florida, I was in economics. And then I knew that if I wanted to do space and I wanted to do engineering, uh, UCF would put me in the mega spot for that. And that's why I switched over and, and I made that move to industrial engineering there. Um, UCF has such a thriving, passionate student body. And um, even I think, I think it was the previous football season our uh, football team was decked out in like stars and and space related so it's you can feel it there it's almost like an atmosphere so uh i i definitely um i've lived in florida in a different part for many years and i wasn't quite aware 
of just how extensive and how diverse the opportunities are at UCF for anything aerospace. Now, you mentioned to us that you had an undergrad in economics. Have you had a chance to study just how disruptive uh, Elon Musk is with the reusability of his Falcon 9? I haven't done any research on it myself, uh, but from, from an economical standpoint, I can imagine it being very disruptive. I mean, we're talking about doing something in an industry that has been, from my perspective, more or less a single player as in the government. Um, so not only what it means to privatize that from an economic standpoint, but also the low cost so now you're offering a lower cost of entry for the companies that are trying to send satellites or any other experiments up there. That, that's very interesting in terms of what it does to the relationships within co companies, to the possibilities out there. Um, I'm curious to see how long SpaceX will be the leader that it is and others are able to catch up in different ways. Uh, but so far, they're, they're definitely disrupting the market, like you said. I want to go back a little bit to you starting off in Columbia, you said, right? And then you came here. And we have girls who get involved in our programs, but obviously it's still a very male-dominated you know, um, field in general. So when what were some of the challenges or maybe even some comparisons that you might make with what a girl might see with regards to engineering in Columbia? versus those opportunities that are here? I mean, maybe you could speak to that. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so over there, an engineer is, just the word engineer is usually in, because um, it's in Spanish, so words have genders. Um, so it's usually in the male role, um, like fireman. So when you say engineer, you say engineering man, if that makes sense. Wow. Already, in it's like, a concept in your head that it's a man's job so uh, my dad's an engineer and growing up that's I wanted to be involved in that but I didn't think that there was room uh, for me and coming here slowly hearing stories of women who are able to make it, it it's still not the norm but you start hearing about women breaking through um, you you get really inspired. And now it says, that, that's why I said it was one of those organizations that I clicked with so well. The year that I joined it, the president of the chapter at UCF was a girl and she was awesome. I mean, she is still awesome. Um, and now at SETS and the national level, our board is mostly female. We we have so much diversity. When we think of a project, that's the first thing we think about is who can we include outside of just the general people? Is it K through 12? Is it um, HBCUs, MSIs? The diversity is like at the forefront because for us, that's what we've had to overcome. It's a really great time to be involved in space because there are so many opportunities for so many different faces to show up and have a voice. Uh, and it's great to be head of an organization that's really mindful about that in everything that we do. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you just sound obviously like you love what you do and that's that fantastic. makes it enjoyable overall. Right. Um, I was gonna say, we need to introduce you to a friend of ours who is, uh, 
I knew her when she was in college at UNF, but she is now uh, a manager at Lockheed Martin on the Orion capsule. But I knew her when she was about your age and she's probably 32 now, but she's been at Kennedy Space Center for a number of years and she was president. She's the outgoing president of the missile or the missile space and range pioneers. And these are the old guys that started in Canaveral in like the late fifties with the German rockets that we brought back from Germany that were the very beginnings of rocketry in the US with NASA at the, at the Florida, what we call the space coast now. But I think you would be an ideal candidate to join, to join the Missileers and bring all of that youth and enthusiasm to them. They're looking for new blood. I will tell you, that'll be a separate conversation. You're an ideal of the, <laughs> the energy you bring, the enthusiasm, perfect. So you're at UCF, awesome. um, you're gonna graduate soon with a, or at some point with a, a master's in industrial engineering. If you had to design your ideal job right now, what would it be? That's a tough one. What might that job? Well, you know, industrial engineers, what we do is we make things better by optimizing them, doing something that just fixes it in some way. Um, for me, because I like tourism so much and what that brings to, to you know, the customer, um, my ideal job would be selling tickets to space at to just the general crowd not the people that have a lot of money or those who have won a lottery teachers teachers yes. need rides oh space. absolutely oh my gosh teachers that would be great because they have such an impact i can't i mean i have so many teachers that had such a big impact on me um that would be my ideal job would be being able to sell those tickets a web, and you know, you said entry level, so maybe just figuring out pricing or something basic, um, and that could be so much more. Yeah, hey, I just recalled you're an econ major on the front end, so you're you're getting used all your economics as well. Uh, you know, there's a company uh, not too far east of you called Space Perspectives, and they're building these exotic uh, pressurized cupolas to put people in these really large balloons and let them float at the edge of the stratosphere for hours at a time. They might use, so they might need someone to help them uh, do some marketing and uh, sales. Uh, you might uh, consider them. Yeah, I, I have looked into them. I've seen the personnel that they have right now and they don't have a pricing person yet, which is my job. So uh, yeah, I might reach out to them, who knows. And and um, we are working with uh, Eastern Florida State College, which has an aerospace technician program. And they actually are training the workers that are going to these companies as well. So it really is a great time to be on the Space Coast with all the new companies, the expansion, the companies moving into the area, rockets, satellites, high altitude balloons, but definitely the tourism. So you're at the right moment if you want to be in space tourism. Well, I'm Absolutely. actually thinking about a little bit more about what you said with, with SEDS, particularly your interest in the idea of the diversity and inclusion. So I'm thinking about how important it must have been for you as a female, going back to that kind of uh, tangent as well, to have somebody who looked like you, right, that you could identify with another female in that. It's super important as, you know, we have some young girls who are interested as well, that they actually see people like you who are, they can relate to, right? So when you think about what you wanna do in space and the idea of maybe tourism and figuring out how you can kind of capitalize on those two interests that you have, how important is diversity and inclusivity going to be for maybe the tourism or the settlements of the future? 
Wow, very important. When we're talking about being able to bring a large number of people to space, that means that we have to think about every body, every, every way a person can look, feel, experience, um, you know, the earth and space. We have to take all of that into account. And the only way to do that is to have those people help us build what it is that, you know, the ways that we're going to bring them up there. Um, so from that infrastructure perspective, it's really important to include the diversity into the workforce. But from a you know next generation next generation thinking about space and whether they belong, if if that's something that they identify with. Sometimes I, I found that you have to envision yourself being there and not worry about whether you fit in. Um, let, me, let me think about rewarding that. So there are some things that don't exist yet, right? And if I get too stuck on, do I look the part? Um, then I won't sound the part and I won't be the part. So I have to create that uh, reality for myself and you know, accept that the, the future is going to be, I don't know, great as, as, you know, however I make it as long as that I'm, as long as I'm able to see myself there. Um, and that's what I, we're trying to bring in sets is showing you that we don't really know what the future holds, but there will definitely be space for you as long right. as you're willing to, you know, learn and put the effort in. That's your right. slogan, space in space. There's space for you. <laughs> in space yes, yes. I, I, I used to tell my students space may be infinite but room in my summer camp is not so you need to sign up <laughs> um, but I, I like your thinking it, it reminds me a lot of the mentality of star trek which is not you know it's the opposite of a dystopian future it's a very um open-ended positive uh, we can solve our problems and we can figure out how to work past the the inherent problems i have a question you mentioned you had some great teachers in your life how supportive were your parents along with helping you become the engineer that you are today? Very supportive. So my dad, as I mentioned earlier, my dad's an engineer. My mom studied business administration in Columbia. But when we moved over here, those degrees did not count for anything. So they had to start all the way from the bottom. Um, and I, they had to work all the time, but you know, for them, it was whatever you want to do, just be really good at it. So first I was like, I'm going to be I forgot, like an archaeologist. And then I said, I'm going to be an aerospace engineer. And then I said, no, I'm going to be an astronaut. And then I said, no, 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 that's, that's too much. I'll just look at the stars. I'll just be like an astronomer. Um, and every step of the way, they were extremely supportive. However, because of that language barrier, um, and it's something that I find with a lot of international students when, when their parents don't speak the language is that they sometimes have to parent themselves because you can't go to your parents and ask for help in homework. They, they won't be able to read it. And that's where you have to fall back on your teachers, your peers to help bridge that gap that your parents, as much as they would have loved to have been able to help me, they, they just can't. Um, but their, their support has been yeah, it's never stopped. And they're so proud of me now. I think that, like I said, what I'm doing now is something I would never be able to do in Colombia. 
So they're just great to see what the future holds for me. It's a really inspirational story. Just I think in general, the idea, we, we often forget how, how much easier we have in, in this country, I think, when it comes to opportunities and education. It's not perfect. It's not always equal. There's no doubt. But unless you've experienced some of those um, obstacles, right, and just hearing your parents coming here and having their degrees and they were probably really successful, not count, and then have to start over too, I mean, I'm just not sure that that's something everybody can do. So what a really, really, thank you for sharing that story. Yes. Really inspirational. You, you remind me, uh, in my 20s, I worked in a cancer research lab. We had a lot of folks that were in the lab and they were surgeons and doctors in China, but because of the language barrier, they basically were lab technicians in the US. And it was, you know, they had to work really hard uh, to be able to pass medical boards only after they mastered uh, the language. So that's, uh, I, I, I had a wonderful time working with uh, those folks from all those years ago. I, I really enjoyed them. So let's talk uh, one more. Let me ask one more question about SEDS. If uh, a young person, let's say they're not in college yet, so they're not around, say, a university chapter, uh, is SEDS open to younger students than, uh, you know, like high school or middle school? And if so, how does someone get involved with SEDS? Thank you for pitching said. So uh, yes, we have we have university chapters. We also have high school chapters. So it wouldn't be, you know, we would be able to help you start a chapter if you don't have one um, or help you find the nearest one. And it's really easy. Ultimately, you meet with us. We tell you about the opportunities, certain projects you can be involved with. You apply get accepted, and then you're, you're part of the SEDS family. Um, our high school chapters, some are also a little bit younger. They're more of like six through 12. They have podcasts, they've launched weather balloons, they've built rovers. So they get a really vast experience at a very young age. Actually, um, annually, we have our conference Space Vision, which is I like to call it sets on steroids. It's everything we do jam-packed into one weekend. And there um, we have a career fair. And last year I had a member of one of our high school chapters approach me and tell me, um, you know, I need some guidance because I, I'm president of the robotics team in my high school and I'm also in my spare time programming and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But here at the career fair, I approach recruiters and I have to tell them I'm a high schooler. Like that's embarrassing. You know, they're looking for somebody that they can hire. And well, first of all, I was blown away that he was doing so much at such an early age. But I told him, you should say, hey, I'm doing all of this and I'm a high schooler. That sets you so far ahead of the game, they're already thinking about you in a completely different light. Um, you know, maybe they can't hire you right away because you're still not 18 or able to work, but you are setting yourself up for success by looking at career fairs and seeing what is out there now so you can prepare yourself for the future. And that's something that high schoolers and middle schoolers can expect to experience at Space Vision and expected experience as a member of SETS is that you are able to find something that really propels you and helps you be competitive in the
growing space industry. Cool. Um, my last question, or it's actually an ask of you. Um, you know, we have the Small Set Education Conference at Kennedy Space Center at the end of October. I want to give you, since you're the grand poobah of SEDS, I want to give you an invitation to speak at the conference, which is focused on young people. Our goal is to have um, high school and college teams that uh, are active in high-altitude balloons, thin sets, and cube sets to speak. But I would be really glad if SEDS would come and you can have a table, you can um, advertise, and you can speak to the audience, you know, have a little time at the podium. Would that interest you any? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You, you have to sacrificially come to Kennedy Space Center and spend time <laughs> at Kennedy Space Center. Not too bad. Oh, no. Well, for the sake of time, we're at our last question, which is always kind of the same. And you've really shared a lot of, um, you know, some great advice already and some stories about how you got there. But for our listeners, anybody who's on the cusp of thinking about engineering, whether because of their own differences and backgrounds or maybe not seeing people who look like them, what advice do you have for those who might want to follow in your footsteps? Hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, don't be afraid. Go for it. Ask the questions that nobody else is asking. Or, or even just start. That's the most important thing is to start. And then things will slowly fall into place. You'll find the people that you need the organizations that will help you, the connections. As long as you start and you keep showing up, that's the most important part. Engineering has so much opportunity. Um, space has so much opportunity. So definitely don't think that you're limited to what you are currently seeing. There's definitely going to be space for you. <laughs> I keep, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely going to be space for you in space. I'm telling you, you can go with it. Just use it. There's space for you in space. Yeah. Someone's already used it. It's probably whatever but still in all i, I like that uh get started um persevere right show grit and and we right. like to say learn from your failure space is hard you will fail just learn from it and move forward i think that's uh, just wonderful advice thank you very much for sharing it thank you for spending your time with us today we look forward to seeing you at that conference coming up and i believe he's going to recruit you for his wolfpack team yes too, so. <laughs> we we hope to see you very soon especially at the conference in October. And, and, and thank you, uh, Ms. Alvarado, for spending a little time with us today on our podcast. Thank you both so much. It's been a true pleasure. Well, she's quite the breath of fresh air, as they say. I really, um, really loved hearing the, you know, the story about her parents, the idea that, you know, immigrants come oftentimes with, with more education than, than what we might have, but they're kind of, you know, disregarded, but that they saw it as an opportunity to, to better their lives. And certainly for that, for their, their daughter, she wouldn't have had that opportunity there. I think that's fantastic. Yes. I, I'm particularly, um, I, I met her a, a while back with what another one of our, through another one of our friends, Dr. Sonny Naranyan, and, and we podcast with him as well. Sonny volunteers a lot with SEDS and he goes, Hey, I'd like you to meet these students. It says national, they're, they're trying to build a, a CubeSat. So we met there. I saw Sarah and another young man, we're going to podcast soon, named Andres uh, at the SEDS table in Washington, DC. And just wonderful humans, right? I like Sarah's uh, perseverance story, right? Yeah. I, I, there is no, it is impossible to defeat someone, a student that will not quit. 
that works hard and will not quit. Well, you know, and the idea of diversity and inclusion has become kind of a buzzword recently, right? But you can tell that it's something that she actually believes in the importance of bringing everyone to the table for the betterment. I mean, she, I love how she described, I've never actually ever heard anyone describe the idea of industrial engineering as a way to better, make things, make the world better, to make things better, right? That's a really inspirational way of looking at it. And it's also aspirational. Yeah, she is basically uh, a living Star Trek character, right? The optimism of the future and we can solve the problems and there's room for everyone. She's, she's. Uh, I think Gene Roddenberry would have really liked her. Well, and I think too of the, the other girl that we did with the podcast who did the you know space psychology, right? So I, I think about how these younger women in particular have found a way to take passions that they have and connect it to the industry for her yes. it happens to also be this idea of tourism and the you know adding economics to that so i i sure. expect that she will create an industry where there's sure and, like that. and if you would like to uh, uh meet uh miss alvarado um please come to our small sat education conference 29 and 30 october at the kennedy space center um center for space education building uh where we'll be hosting our 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 conference and SEDS will be there, the Naval Academy. Where can Lots. they go to get more information on that? Is there a website? Uh, yes, uh, smallsateducation.org. So we'll have lots of uh, companies represented there. We'll have the Naval Academy. We'll have university uh, CubeSat teams, as well as some high schools that are working with HABs, ThinSats, and CubeSats. Awesome. Well, as he mentioned, we'll be uh, doing a podcast interview with another SEDS member soon. So that will be next week. So we hope you'll join us then when we say, let's, let's go, go to space. space.